0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA Member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to CHGO White Sox post game after a six to five winner over the Tampa Bay Rays. My name is Herb Lawrence, and actually, CHGO White Sox post game is presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets for up to $2,000. My name is Herb Lawrence, actorwall 23 on the Twitter machine is how you follow me there. Over there is our White Sox beat reporter, Vinny Duber, at Vinny Duber on Twitter for him and our guy behind the camera. You can't see him. You'll hear him from time to time. We call him the voice of God. It is Steven Nicholas. You can't follow him on Twitter because he doesn't tweet. What a jerk. But the White Sox, ah. score 6 runs in the first two innings and then they're like, "Yeah, let's chill out right there. That should be enough." It was. They were right. They went 6 to 5, giving Lucas Giolito another victory and the White Sox finally 25 and 27. Vinny, how you feeling after that victory? I mean, I feel
1: fine. I I'm <laughs> curious as to how you're feeling because you had <sighs> you the the noise that you made introducing a win it was very similar to the noise you make when you introduce a loss. So, I'm curious to uh, figure out exactly how you're, you know, holding up after that one.
0: Like, after six runs, I was like, let's effing go. We're doing things. Finally, we're going to get a laugher against these people. We're going to be going on to the Dodgers, coming back home, and feeling good about ourselves. Eh, The White Sox decide to never score again and give Lucas no support. And then Lucas, in the fifth and sixth inning, gives up a couple runs. Luckily for him, For his own ERA, only two of them were earned. But yeah, it's just this season is just so like hard, even wins are tough. But hey, as Meatloaf said, Dealer Departed Meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. I'll (laughs) take that every time. And winning the season series versus Tampa Bay, who is a tough team, this is the type of thing like just remember how you felt who out there who are watching us on YouTube or listening here on the podcast. Remember how you felt. After that Friday loss to the Tampa Bay Rays, you have four losses in a row to AL East teams. You didn't play well in most of those games, and you're looking at the next two days. You're like, ugh, they can get swept in Tampa. And then they do the same thing they did in New York. Lose the Friday game, win the next two games, come out with two out of three. That is the message that should be White Sox fans should be feeling. Results right now, and I know I'm process over results guy, but the results are what we need to see sometimes you need to see the ball going through the hoop and a uh, left column being checked off. is feels much better than the right column being checked off. So 25 and 27, not ideal, but the white Sox are playing much better than they did before they got into this predicament in Tampa Bay. So, I'll take it. Hell, I'll take any victory, winning ugly, and I know people have been comparing this team to the 83 team because they have similar records uh, courtesy of Jay Kuda. We don't have the actual graphic here, but he said they, at certain points of the season so far, they have the same record as the 83 White Sox who famously started off slow and then reeled off a bunch of wins to finish with 99 victories and then eventually lose to the Baltimore Orioles in the playoffs. I'll take that right now. Hell, if the White Sox can find a way to win a bunch of games in a row, and the manager's are the same, so I feel great. Uh, let's get to the game. Let's get to this. <laughs> Herb, this, Herb, this Herb, take a game. breath. It's okay. Oh, God, it's so frustrating. We started off the game so well. And, Vinny, there was 15 batters that batted for the White Sox in the first two innings. Want to take a guess of how many of those batters took the first pitch. 15 batters. How many took the first pitch of those at-bats? Most of them, I would say. Yes, it was most of them. 14 out of 15 took the first pitch of those at-bats. So that's how you get success. We start the game off with Danny Mendick leading off. Gets a single. Then Vaughn hits that ground rule double. You see... These two guys setting the table up right. And then Luis Robert was struggling that first at bat, popped it up to second base. You're like, oh, here we go again. Jose Abreu loads up the bases. And you're like, no, don't load up the bases. That's our kryptonite. But no, Jake Berger is not about that life. A double there, scores two. Then we get the check swing uh, single by Grandal, scores two more, and I'm like, Let's go! Finally, eight four runs in the first inning. This game is cash. We got we got this in the bag. That bum, uh, the, Yarbrough ain't nothing. It, what did you see in that first inning that gave you kind of some hope or just something different from the White Sox offense approach right there, Vinny? We talked about it in the pregame. Maybe
1: that that Jake Berger home run la- yesterday would be that spark that 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 moment that they needed to kind of get these bats back to where they are expected to be and then first chance they get today, we saw it We saw it in action. Stringing hits together, getting base runners together, stringing extra base hits together. I mean, this is the kind of team that you that – this is the kind of lineup that you thought you were going to get when you looked at that White Sox roster at the start of the season. Now, after the second inning, they kind of reverted to what they've been doing here, but a lot of hits uh, today, and and to go along with, with what I was just saying. I mean, to, to string some of those together, to put up a crooked number, that's the kind of thing that this is – this offense is capable of that's the kind of thing this offense should be doing and you know we've all gotten so used to what we've seen here over the first two months that you know that that first inning is going on and everybody's eyes are popping out of their head oh my god the White Sox are doing this this is kind of supposed to be the norm right this is kind of normal for this team or at least it should be so um it was it was it was more like you expected. I wrote on Friday about how they are playing nowhere near close to their expectations exactly. what they were uh, at at the beginning of the year and here you go that is expectation that
0: first inning right there. And our guy Paul and I should do this and he asked where's Sean W Anderson at and we should have announced that Sean is on assignment up in Lake Geneva having a little R&R he took a picture next to a sign that said Swamp Angel and that's what his name is now. The new <laughs> When Sean comes back on Tuesday for the Dodgers-White Sox series, the Swamp Angel will be in this seat, I'll be in that seat, and Vinny will be back at the ballpark. So, yes, Swamp Angel is back in the house. Same uh, initials, too. Oh, wow. that's yeah. <laughs> I did not even notice that. I think Good.
2: Sean's actually at the uh, Jose Abreu-Hater meeting right now. <laughs>
0: I think that's why you can't be here right now. Yeah, that's where they hold those meetings. Every Sunday? that's a, that's a weird thing. God, Lake Geneva. Well, a bunch of haters. Uh, let's see. Yes, and Steve, I'll get to the CHGO tailgate because you guys will all be there. That's June 22nd. I'll get to that in a little bit. But in that second inning, Vinny, we saw a little bit more. As I said... Fourteen of the first fifteen batters took the first pitch, as did Josh Harrison when he doubled to right and then score. I mean then got to third. He was high stepping all the way to third base. I was like, all right, Josh Harrison getting hits and then high stepping to third. You know something's going right. Then Vaughn with a deep, deep drive, he doubled again, scoring Harrison. Robert gets into the hitting and scores Vaughn. And so we're like six to nothing in the second inning. We got our ace on the step on the bump. This shit is cashed. we're, we're over, but of course, we can't have anything nice here. We cannot have a thing nice. Vaughn, I mean, in the fifth inning, you get Lucas G. Little struggling a little bit, and I see people on Twitter talking about Tony was falling asleep. Tony should have pulled him after the fifth because he struggled because he gave up the Paredes home run. I was fine, I think he was at like 78 79 pitches. Ending that fifth inning, start. I mean, ended it off with a uh, Manuel Margot double play. So I'm like, all right, he's strong. He's inducing weak contact to get out of that inning. And the sixth inning, I did not feel like he needed to leave the game to start the inning. What do you feel like, Vinny? Yeah, I mean, he's the ace, right? I mean, the 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 whole thing that Lucas Giolito's evolution
1: taught us was that. He can he can handle this stuff. He can make these changes in start. He can make the corrections that he needs to. He can settle down when things start to snowball on him. It was one pitch and one run. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not like he was out there falling apart and, and getting knocked around. Uh, you know, obviously things didn't go so hot there in the sixth. Uh, but I, I don't even have a problem with, you know, leaving him in to complete that inning because here's the thing. He's he's your ace. Yeah. You gotta trust him to get it done. And I, I understand the whole observational analytics thing that Tony likes to use keep an eye on a guy and see how he's doing and that'll tell you everything and maybe Lucas wasn't you know the, the same guy that we're used to seeing in that inning but I, I don't think you know it, it's listen it's easy to say when they win right and and if they would have lost if that if they would have given up a sixth run uh there and tied the game watched that lead go completely by the boards everybody would be freaking out and you know or I understand that but Again, this is Lucas Giolito. You got to trust the guy to get an out.
0: Yeah, for his part, he gave up ten hard hit balls, but for the most part, Lucas was in control. I will get to his uh, final line in a second. In that sixth inning, we got the Ramirez sacrifice fly. Well, before that, you had the air. Oh my goodness, easy ball hit to Danny Mendick. He throws a ball. It's slightly low, but it's a it's on on the uh, in the air, probably a foot off the ground. And we have Yasmany Grandal butch the ball again. It's like, can we have a first baseman we can catch? And when he's back there behind the plate, sometimes he gets lackadaisical and doesn't catch the ball that is thrown right to him. I didn't mind him being at first because it gives Jose Abreu a day off. But everybody's saying, hey, Tony, why don't you have that right fielder out there who's uh, hitting the ball with authority play first base, which is his natural position I necessarily didn't have a problem with him being in the lineup. If you're not going to catch the ball at first, yes, I have a problem with that. That opened up the inning for Lucas Giolito to give up a bunch of runs. You got the Ramirez sacrifice fly. Orozarena hit the ball really hard to right field, bounced off the right field wall and went back to center. Little trouble for Andrew Vaughn, who was not a natural right fielder to catch that ball. But any natural right fielder probably would have had a I'm, really hard time to catch a. J. that Pollock's ball. AJ Pollock's not catching that ball. Exactly, yeah. the best right fielder you know <laughs> is not catching ball. Well, we're going to see him on Tuesday. His name is Marcus Lindbetch. You got you go by Mookie. So he wouldn't even caught that ball. It was a rocket and was hit tailing away from him. And then of course Zanino hits that two run home run to make the score six to five. Was where we ended that inning. Did you see anything from Lucas uh, as far as? tiring or just leaving balls over the plate i mean yeah he probably was running out of gas i mean
1: i don't think it takes a a major league pitching coach to tell you that right but at the same time you got to let him finish that outing i think you know it's easy for me to say i'm not i'm not a manager but uh yeah yeah he was getting hit in that inning and it, it 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 nearly cost them the game uh but listen Baseball is, is is like that some ways
0: and uh, sometimes and all you got to do is win by one run and that's what the Sox did today. Did you have any problem with Grandal playing first base? sans the air that he eventually made. Did you have any problem with that playing first base? Not really. Yeah. I mean, if you have a problem with Grandal
1: playing first base, you you had a you had a problem with it back in March, you know what I mean? So yeah. I don't.
0: Yeah, I th- I know that he made the air, and it was bad. It looked horrible, and eventually people were complaining that they took out Andrew Vaughn in the eighth inning to replace him with uh, Adam Engel, and they were like, why don't you have Vaughn replace Grandal? You can't there because if Reese McGuire gets hurt in that last couple innings or if they go into extra innings, you don't have a catcher there, and then you got to go to, who's their emergency backup catcher? Danny Mendick
1: is their emergency catcher.
0: The man does it all. The man does it all. I thought Lurie might have been, too.
1: I mean, Larry can do it all, but I'm not, I've actually never heard of Larry being the emergency catcher. Mendick I've heard being the emergency catcher, but obviously Mendick hasn't been on the roster the entire, the entire season. So there are times where they must have had somebody be an emergency catcher, and it would not be surprise me if it was uh, Larry Garcia, given his uh, versatility all
0: over the field. Then you get quality effort from your three guys at the beginning of the year. You're like, man, our bullpen is solidified. We have the people. You get Bummer in the seventh. He pretty much only gives up a single to Diaz and then immediately picks him off. Then, and a surprise move for me, because he pitched 24 pitches yesterday, Saturday, uh, and didn't pitch effectively, even though the results were good. Kendall Graveman comes out for the eighth. That shows me a lot, firstly, because he probably asked for it because we saw different people get up. We saw Liam Hendricks get up early in the seventh just to throw the ball around. We saw Raylo, Re- Ronaldo Lopez, who hasn't pitched since Thursday, where he pitched a inning where he gave up four runs and didn't get anybody out. So I was like, okay, Raylo Rey- would be good there, or maybe Matt Foster, who hasn't pitched since Friday. But seeing Kendall Graveman go out there, and not only go out there, dominate the Rays. He looked fantastic. Filthy. What would you see from Kendall Graveman? I mean, Any?
1: this is the guy they gave that big contract to, right? This is what they wanted their bullpen to look like when they made it up back in spring training. Uh, Aaron Bummer, Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks, door slammed. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more, especially in the eighth and ninth inning, and, and Bummer was fine. He gave up, I think, one base runner. But, um, you know, Wayne's been calling out the bullpen this whole ever since the show started, so we got to give him props. Yeah, the bullpen was great. I mean, it's a one-run game. You get that's what the bullpen's gotta do. And this is this sort of thing here, this is what they envision for if they're fortunate enough to make the postseason. That's a postseason kind of relief performance right there. You throw three guys out there and they just do the job completely. Kendall Graven was shaky yesterday, you know, two hits and a walk in that eighth inning in a one run game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Barely got out of it because Danny Mendick was able to make a good play on a on a kind of a softly hit grounder. But today not even going to take that chance. Strikes out all three guys he faces, and he'll uh, he'll be lifting the hammer today.
0: Oh yeah, I forgot the what's it <laughs> called again, Vinny? That's Mjolnir. That's Thor's hammer, of course, <laughs> made of enchanted <laughs> uru metal. Yeah, and that is a thing that the White Sox uh, relief corps does for a guy who strikes out three batters in a row. That is good for Kendall Graveman, and then Liam Hendricks. It's been awesome. It was awesome on Saturday, and then today, same thing. Popped out, struck out, and flight out to. In the game, 6-5, to five, the White Sox win 2 out of 3 from the Rays, win the season series 4 out of 6. It is a great thing to see. We are very, very, very happy to see the White Sox not playing the best baseball because we saw the things that make the White Sox so frustrating, the lack of runs after getting up big the not thrown uh, throat stomping as they usually said they would be doing last year with Lucas Giolito and Tim Anderson saying once we get up big, we should be keep on pressing down. And our producer, Stephen uh, Nicholas, asked me in the – I think it was the third inning. He's like, do you mind stealing right there up six? I was like, no, I don't mind. I don't mind stealing up six in the ninth inning. Do what you need to do to get a victory because you see there's no clock in baseball. The other team can come back anytime they want to, so – it's frustrating that they didn't score more runs, but a win is a win is a win, so we got to take it as we have it. You're not, you're not wrong. You're
1: not wrong, but here's the thing. It's, you, you just said the f- phrase, it's frustrating they didn't score more runs. Yes. They scored six runs today. Yes. White Sox had scored three runs in each of their last four games, bringing their run scoring average down from where <laughs> it was, which was already pretty low. They get six runs in a game. White Sox fans should be happy because that is that is something that they have done very rarely this year, and to score six wins in a, runs
0: in a game and win is an even rarer thing for them. So, and another real weird thing versus the Rays, they scored three runs each of the first three games they played them in Chicago, and in this series, same thing except for the explosion we got of six runs. The White Sox are ready to play. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content. you will even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker room. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a first-time $50 or more Deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, email PointsBet at pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got better, introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build your Live NBA Same Game Parlay only at PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can also boost your Live Same Game Parlays, watch Live Parlay Live, and boost Live with PointsBet. And now, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can, download the point, uh, you can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Steven, let's go to the pitching lines for both of the pitchers. Ah, oh, man. Lucas Giolito, six innings pitch, five runs. Only two of those are earned because of the Grand uh, the Grandal Air at first base. Eight hits. Two walks and three strikeouts, and the White Sox absolutely tagged Ryan Yarbrough. Made him walk the plank. Matey, one and two-thirds, six runs, eight hits, two walks, and no strikeouts. Soft toss and lefty, please bring them to us all the time. What would you see from these two starting pitchers, uh, Vinny? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned it earlier. You know,
1: the you asked me about the, the guys taking the first pitch and stuff like that. What, what, have I, what have we kind of heard from Tony La Russa so often this year where they have an offensive strategy, right, and mm-hmm. it's just not really lining up with what happens in the game, right? Like they, they go in, they want to be aggressive, but they, they swing and they at a ball out of the zone and all of a sudden it's in a pitcher's count. Yep. They want to be patient and a guy's throwing strikes and all of a sudden it's in a pitcher's count. It, no matter what they've tried, it seems like their, their, uh, their bats have been already kind of at a disadvantage from from go today, uh-huh. it worked. It lined up. Uh-huh. Whether they whether they were trying to be extra patient, whether they knew what they were looking for from Yarbrough, whether they were you know doing what they're supposed to be doing, what Frank Benavino always says, and waiting for their pitch, looking for their pitch and an at bat, it worked and it all lined up today. It's happened so few times throughout this season, throughout the first two months of the season, but this is a team that we know can jump on pitchers like this. They did it today. It finally worked. You'd like to see him get it to work consistently. Getting the Dodgers coming to town maybe is not the best recipe for trying <laughs> to do that. Mm. But if they can figure it out, if they can thread that needle,
0: then then this will be a much different looking team than it's been through the first two months. And with Lucas Giolito, let's check out his uh, pitch mix, if we could. Steven, there it is. Um, he threw 50% of his balls were 4 fastballs. Twenty-nine percent were sliders, twenty percent changeups and only one curveball. And you see there, as Sean likes to point out, um, the called strikes plus whiff percentage were high on the fastball. At twenty-nine is the league average. He was at thirty-five percent on called strikes and whiffs, but all the rest were just getting hit or he wasn't locating them correctly. His slider usually is solid. They put 14 of his sliders, the 32 pitches that he threw, 14 of his sliders in play, and that's not very Lucas-like. Only three strikeouts for Lucas today. I'm not concerned because he played versus two tough teams in the Tampa Bay Rays and the Toronto Blue Jays, but is there anything that you see in today's performance or the performance versus Toronto that should be alarming for us as White Sox fans, Vinny?
2: I don't
1: think so. I, I, you know, we've talked about Lucas getting up for good teams and and, and good big games and and how well he pitched in in St. Pete last year. And so, you know, when you say the the rough performances or the subpar performances have come against other good teams, it's kind of unlike him. And that's not really uh, that's not really a great thing. But. You know, this is a guy who's an ace, and I think you know one of the commenters, other Sean, mentioned it. You know, he battled. He he got through six innings. He only gave up two earned runs. I mean, that's a that's a guy who can help you. That's a guy putting his team in a chance to to win the game. So um, you, you like to see that stuff from Gio. The starting pitching in general has been been interesting the last week or so. I mean, you've got two of these games now with Giolito. Obviously, again, as we mentioned, not all the runs he gave up today were earned. But, uh, you know, a few in, in rec- of recent vintage from Dylan Cease, including the one yesterday where he walked seven guys. That's another one where he gave up some runs, not none of them earned. Um, and then, you know, it, and then Kopech's tough one in, in Toronto uh, earlier in the week as well. So that's not what you want to see because this is a team that has – been carried by its starting pitching. It's a team that, even if the bats do turn around, you're going to need that starting pitching to be good to keep them going, to perform in a playoff series, perhaps, should the White Sox uh, turn it around significantly enough. So uh, you can't can't have that slip then, because then we're talking about if, if one goes up and the other comes down, you're, they're still in the same spot, right? You need them, you need them to balance out uh, the hitting and the pitching. So um, the pitching needs to stay good. We saw how the positive effect that had throughout last season, the positive effect it's had in the first two months this season. You're getting Lance Lynn back, and that four-starting pitcher rotation right there sounds pretty damn good for a playoff series with, oh, yeah. with Giolito, Cease, Kopech, and Lynn. Mm-hmm. You can't have them slip, and I understand mm-hmm. it's, one, it's one week. And, you know, I, I said this to you in the pregame. It, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't be middling against uh, against good teams that makes you happy the White Sox want to be the best team in baseball they're gonna to have to beat these teams they don't have to beat them in June you know no, yeah. they, they, they they don't have to beat them in, in in any other month but October that's the one that counts but if you're gonna spend the whole season and go oh well you know they were okay against good teams at least they beat up on the on the on the bad ones. They need to beat up on all of them if they're going to do what they said they did or
0: said they wanted to do, which is win the World Series. And speaking of that, Greg Miller says, season series versus Yankees, Boston, and Tampa Bay, 11-8. and eight. I'll take it. That's what you need to do versus these upper echelon AL, AL teams. Now, take care of your business in the AL Central versus lesser teams. Take care of them big time because that is the what's going to get you into the playoffs by beating AL Central teams right now. The Twins, I think they won again today, so the White Sox do not gain any ground. They're five games behind the Minnesota Twins. The weird-ass Minnesota Twins, Steven. Minnesota! I don't know if we have those stuff anymore yet, but 11 You just got to give them a little bit for, you know, heads up. You got to build up to that. Oh, yeah. There you He said...
1: There we go. We
0: got it. We're back. Eleven to eight is really good versus those three teams Jesus showed us words say. Yes. And like you said, while Lucas wasn't his best, he got through. He battled through without his best stuff. Three strikeouts is not what Lucas does. You guys all know that out there. And this team, uh, the the Devil Rays, or the Rays now, are wow. a team that are... Wow, Sorry, the Devil Rays. I'm going way back. <laughs> way, way back. You got once Guardians they drop the right, Devil, they started devil winning.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. You're having no problem with
0: Guardians, but now you're slipping into Devil Rays. Yeah, they, once they drop the Devil, seriously, they started winning that. That was good to do. <laughs> but this is the type of thing you have to do. You have to beat good teams, and as you said, Vinny. They see themselves as an upper echelon American League team, and when you beat upper echelon American League teams... to the tune of 11-8, that feels good. It probably instills confidence in the team. And I know Rick Hahn said a series in May versus the Yankees really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, and he's right. But I'm sure those players are like, man, it feels good to beat teams that we're supposed to be Battling against in the playoffs and showing them that we're not like last year when we lost a bunch versus the Yankees, we lost all but one versus the Yankees, and we lost a bunch versus the Astros. That has to feel good for those players. I mean, yeah, I think I and and like I said, you know, the way
1: the the way they've been playing, winning period is what feels good right now, and and I don't think it, they matter. I don't think they care who it's coming against. Certainly, some some probably you know cherry on top of the Sunday if it comes against a good team they will uh, probably take great pride in beating a Dodgers team that has proven to be baseball's best or one of them for the last however many years, You know, however many you can count. So um, it's going to be a big series this week. Uh, they will be extraordinarily pleased to be riding a winning streak
0: into that series, which is something they have not been able to do too often this year. And what helped the White Sox is those hits that we had early in the game, the two innings we had from the White Sox offense, led by Danny Mendick. Now, in the pregame, we were discussing when Tim Anderson comes back, will Danny Mendick be in that mix for second base? I see it now that there's no doubt he has to be, if not designated, the starter when Tim Anderson comes back, giving most of the starts to Danny Mendick. What say you, Vinny?
1: It's been a good week for Danny Mendick. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see if it's going to end up being a good three weeks for Danny Mendick. I think right now, you're right. If you know what I mean, if TA came back tomorrow, it's no, it's a no-brainer. Put Mendick out there; he's getting hits. You need hits. You need runs. Put out the guy with the hot bat. Josh Harrison has struggled mightily, though. We saw him, uh, you know, with a, with, a, with a double and, a, and another hit today too. Uh, that being said, I just. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to wait and see, right? Because it's it is such a small sample size with Mendick so far. Again, you shouldn't ignore it because this team needs runs, needs needs producers. Uh, but when Ta comes back, if it's th- if it, if if Mendick is still the hot bat, absolutely put him out there at second base. That is that would be the no brainer move. Uh, but uh, he's got to keep it up and and. Keeping it up while T.A. is hurt, by the way, that's the kind of fill-in performance that the White Sox got all year last year from your Brian Goodwins and your Jake Lambs and your Yermin Mercedes. They need them this year. They haven't been getting them to this point. If Mendick can be a guy that does that, if Jake Berger can be a guy that does that, then you're looking at a team that won all those games last year, a team that's very capable of winning the Central and and, and having a much better regular season than they've had for the, through the first two months. And hitter,
0: hitter Billy Hamilton, too, who's available, too.
1: He
2: Billy the hitter.
0: Billy the hitter. He took a he took a free agency instead of going back to the Mariners minor league. And there's another pressing issue, Vinny. I hate to address it because I love Yoan Mankata. He's my man's, and he starts for me when he's right. Uh, Tuesday versus the Dodgers. Wednesday, Thursday, Yohan Mankata at third base. But we've been seeing good performances lately from Jake Berger today. Two for five, two doubles, drives in a run, and let's see. Yeah, drives in a run and scores two more. Is there a debate here with Jake Berger versus Johan Mancata? Usually wouldn't be because Johan Mancata would, even if hurt, would still be up in average and uh, on base percentage. But this year, Johan is struggling. It's only 19 games for, for Johan, so you know he's going to get right eventually. But a team that is struggling like this might be pressing. So what say you about the Yohan Moncada and Jake Berger debate? I don't think the debate is should Moncada be
1: benched. I think the debate is how do the White Sox get Jake Berger more, more at time. bats right now. And, and I think that you can do it in a number of ways. Moncada might not be healthy. He might need a little bit extra rest. Good thing you got Jake Berger out there swinging a, swinging a clutch bat. Yohan Moncada, uh, you know... Is a guy who is is a cornerstone of this team moving forward. He got one of those contract extensions. He is your starting third baseman, and he's still playing a whale of a defensive third base too. You got to remember that. Obviously, the numbers are bad; they are very, very bad. Jake Berger has been coming through. You got to get Jake Berger more at bats. There are other places uh, uh, in this lineup where where players have not put up the numbers, and I think the DH spot is going to be a perfect opportunity for Jake to get some more at-bats. That being said, you know, a day off here and there for Yohan Moncada is not out of the question, not just because of the production or the lack thereof, but because of the health issues. Obviously, he spent a long time on the I.L. with an oblique, missed several games with that quad issue. If he's not fully over that yet, we saw him not play today. Obviously, I would imagine it was for that reason, get him a day off today, a day off tomorrow, and have him be ready to go next week for the Dodgers. Uh, but I, I don't think we're ever anywhere near the point where it's like Jake Berger is the now the everyday third baseman over Yohan Moncada. Uh, what you want Berger to be able to do is exactly what he did yesterday. Come off the bench in a big moment and hit a big home run and deliver. Yohan Moncada is still going to play a lot because they want him to get out of this funk. And Reps might be the way to do that. Playing him as often as possible, as as frustrating as it might be to watch, uh, is might be might be the answer. And I think they'll try everything to get him out of this funk, whether it's resting him more or playing him more. Jake Berger, though, has proved over the last week or two that he deserves to get some more playing time, and uh, he's made the most of his opportunity. Absolutely, uh, I think you'd see maybe him get a lot more of those opportunities that. A guy like Gavin Sheets was getting during the first two months of the season. Obviously, they're two different hands of batter, uh, you know, and and the matchups dictate certain things.
0: But uh, Sheets has not really turned it on at all. Berger is, is making the most of his opportunity. Let's go through the rest of the lineup. We have my. Click to pick three for five. It's uh, Andrew Vaughn. Ran, I, you won this one in a runaway, who Herb. I planted my flag and said he is the best hitter on the White Sox, mm. including Timothy Devon Anderson. That's, Jr. Not, that's not correct. He disagrees. He <laughs> disagrees with that. And, you know, if I saw Timmy a little bit more, I wouldn't be disrespecting the man like that uh, too blatantly. But Andrew Vaughn hits everything he sees. And I don't know if we have that uh graphic of that bat he had versus Yar, bro. But. Just uh, amazing at bat. It's must be feel really good to know that this pitcher across from you cannot throw anything past you. And whatever he throws, anything he thinks he's throwing his filthy slider, and you're just like, oh, flip that out, flip that out. And then eventually in his 11 pitch at bat, he lines a double into the left center field gap over to the over the wall. It's just good to have a hitter like this who understands what pitchers are throwing to him. And he did this versus uh Kevin Gausman. Like his first at bat hit the home run, and then had like an 11-12 at bat, uh, pitch at bat the next time and got a hit or got a walk the next time. This guy understands the art of hitting, and he does not get fooled multiple times. It's kind of like what Jose Abreu did in his rookie year and onward where you can get him early, but he'll learn from that mistake and then hurt you later on. I feel he's the best hitter because of that. Tim is just a natural athlete, just a freak that can hit the ball and let the ball get deep and then still hit it with power from the right side or, and then hit it to right field. I think Andrew Vaughn's a little bit better as far as doubles, home runs, average, all that stuff. Eventually, Andrew Vaughn will be the best hitter for the White Sox, and I think it'll be a runaway. I know you say Tim Anderson. Why It'll you say be Tim a runaway. Over? I just think he's a runaway. He is a, like, this is his first, a really first taste of baseball as a starter. And he's doing things that a young player shouldn't be doing. He's only 24, and he's taking these pitchers and he's playing with them. He's letting them play his game. And it's not the opposite. It's just so impressive to see him. He had three hard hit balls today. And he does it versus the top pitchers in the league. You saw the Gaussman at bats. You saw the uh, bats versus uh, uh, Manoa. And this one versus Ryan Yarbrough. He crushed him. Listen, he's very good at this.
1: Uh, there's a reason they took him with such a high pick in the draft. They've been saying it since that night that they took him with that pick in the draft, that this guy is a hitter like this. And we we heard, I, you know, I, I was able to talk to Jim Tomey about Andrew Vaughn last year, and Jim Tomey was was raving, and, you know, he knows a thing or two about uh, about hitting a baseball. Uh, there's a reason that he has been so touted coming up. There's a reason they were comfortable with him going to the uh, major leagues without seeing any pitching from double a AA or triple a there's a reason that last spring before he would played a major league game they were talking to him about about him being an everyday player there's a reason that this guy will never be traded for anyone on the oakland a's this is this is a guy that they uh. envision as being part of the middle of their lineup for a very long time you are seeing exactly why they've thought about this not just this year. This isn't a new thought for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. They've known this kid now for several years and they've known that this was coming. Uh certainly they hoped that this was coming. Uh but, you know, as good as he's been. Come, come on. Tammy. To be the best hitter on the team. You seen Tim Anderson hit? I've seen
0: him hit. You, you know he's batting three fifty six. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> a good <laughs> hitter. He can bat for average, but I like Andrew Vaughn's complete hitter profile where he can bat for average and he can hit the ball over the plate, over the uh, fence a couple of times. Timmy has five home runs. Andrew has the same amount and more doubles and less at bats. So I just think that uh, Andrew Vaughn is the better hitter slightly. It's a good argument to have. And at the end of the year, I think it's going to be obvious that Andrew Vaughn is the best. And our guy Mailman Jack asks you, uh, what kind of shoes is Vinny Rockin today? They look pretty fire. There they are. Some new Nikes. I got some new Nikes. I finally went on. I know you could
1: have done this for years. This is not news to anybody, but you can go on there and make your own. You can pick all the colors and everything. You can? Yeah. You I can just go. got a
0: regular-ass black Nikes. Yeah. <laughs> so you can go onto
1: the website, and you can and you can pick your shoe and pick what every color is. So I went with purple. I believe it's called Wildberry on the Nike mm, website. but Which, delicious. by the way, that was my uh, Pop-Tart
2: flavor of choice back in the day. I actually think that's the the flavor that... Herb's drinking over there and it's truly, what is that?
0: Oh, it's truly uh, garbage. Um, sorry. <laughs> yep. Raspberry lime. It's nice and okay. mediocre and, uh, sorry. It's, true, it's, truly a, it's truly a sponsor. It's truly a sponsor it's, over it's, there? We're, we're still working on Day, okay. Right, that Okay, all right, sorry. It's delicious. <laughs> I was going to have it earlier in the game, but I forgot about it, and then I got a drink over at the uh, West Loop Market, so it was just a regular uh, energy drink, so I've... Just have this hand in my hand, and I haven't drank it yet. So, what
1: was what was your go to uh, Pop Tart flavor back in the day, Herb? I'm
0: I'm average. I just like strawberry frosted. That's, That's it. fine.
1: That's a good one. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Like I don't know why people like the brown the, sugar the dessert one. ones. The oh, brown, brown sugar. Well, brown sugar was okay. Yeah, I don't. Do you have to have it toasted? Me. Any Pop-Tart? Yes.
1: Uh, so we used to microwave them. Ooh, we wow. didn't toast them. So we used that, to microwave them back in the day. Yeah, usually, yeah, you go be- yeah, between 10 and 4- 15. Yeah, usually like 12, somewhere in there would work. Steven, Pop-Tart
2: flavor of uh, choice? I'm also like Herb. I go with the strawberry. The, the brown sugar I thought was terrible. Me too. It's I, not I, I terrible. Like, it's I, fine. That's it's the what? garbage one that you, know, you, you give to your friends when they come over. Like, oh, I need to get rid of this one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm uh, not a big Brown sugar one was not good.
0: It's our guy, Jackso2-3. $20 super chat. The <laughs> Dodgers series Coming on in. national TV Tuesday and Thursday. I'm also expecting this offense to continue hitting against the Dodgers, and we need to beat those Houston Astros. I agree, Jackso, and thank you for your $20 super chat. And to get back, yes, I 100% they need to beat the Dodgers, and Sean thinks they're weak. Sean Anderson, the Swamp Angel, before he <laughs> left, said the Dodgers are weak. They <laughs> suck. They're not that good. And while we're saying that, Vinny and I were looking at them crazy. Like the Dodgers is one of the best teams in the league. They were getting swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates, one of the worst teams in the league. So it's possible the White Sox could win this series versus the Dodgers, but I'm not putting my eggs in that ba- basket quite yet. And to get back to the Pop Tart thing, it's a <laughs> weird thing about Pop Tarts where, or Pop Tarts and cookies. I have to have some milk with it, like. If I have Pop Tarts sure. and I do not have milk, like it's a experience that is ruined. I'll enjoy the Pop Tart, but I'm like, would have been better with some milk. And something... that's the problem though. I'm lactose intolerant.
1: <laughs> oh, I see. So it, now you're Pop Tart intolerant oh, because it of sucks. It, by so association. I just, gotta,
0: I just gotta get like oat milk or almond milk, which is fine, but it's not nothing like cow's milk. I used to love cow's milk. I used to drink whole gallons of it. If you guys remember me from the score, we had a contest where I almost drank a whole gallon of uh, milk, and uh, Rock Momoa did not, and he threw up. And it's disgusting. Don't do that at home, kids. That it sounds is, disgusting. It is one of the worst things you can ever do. I love milk as much as the next guy, but you cannot drink a gallon of milk. I'm not challenging you to do that. It, you'll you'll pay for it. And maybe that's why I'm lactose intolerant, because I took a milk down for like 30 minutes, and my stomach's like, you're a jerk. I hate you. Now i got to get all this damn milk out of my body. But, that's quite the tale. Oh, God, it was so... <laughs> It is. Have you ever drank a whole gallon of milk over there, Steven? You're a guy who can eat a lot of food and drink a lot of drinks. Have you ever taken down a whole gallon of milk? No, you In just one city? up. Just People up. have. Like, I like milk a lot. I drink a
1: lot of milk still. I, but why would you do such a thing?
0: It was just a challenge. You know it's going to make you sick. We were young at the radio station. It was like a Saturday night, and we're like, we need a gimmick. We're the Morning Zoo Radio, but we're on the weekends. We need a gimmick for people to listen to the radio. We did not I was have any... say, this is not a visual medium. No, we did not have a <laughs> visual medium like we do right here on CHGO White Sox. We're just drinking milk through the... He's hosting a show, too. I'm just producing the show. So, we are just drinking milk because we're dumb and idiots, and I won, but I didn't drink the whole thing. Yes. And the guy said cherry is better than strawberry. Get the hell out of here. Southside. <laughs> bear. He Cherry admitted that it was trash. a hot take. He admitted it was a hot take. And I know people are like, well, why are we talking about Pop-Tarts? Because Pop-Tarts are delicious, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Corey. I, I appreciate that. It is a great show. Oh, let's get back to some actual talking about things. Let's talk about something you can put in your body that is a much better than a gallon of milk and you won't throw up. Yeah, transition. You're not the only one that can do it, Swamp Angel, Sean. That was <laughs> a
1: Swamp Angel-style segue right You're
0: not the only one that can do it, Swamp Angel. I started taking AG1 because I didn't have time to be healthy. You look at me. I don't know if you're in the podcast. You can't see me, but you know what I look like. I'm a bigger guy, about 290. I wanted to eat something that was a little bit more gut-friendly because, as I said, I'm lactose intolerant. I need to get all that stuff flushed out of my body. And AG1 brought it to me. They're not like a super healthy tasting thing. It was kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. What I do is mix up the AG-1 in its own bottle. So I put 10 ounces, ounces of water in there, the AG-1, one scoop in there, shake it up, make sure it's all mixed together well, and then I make a smoothie and put the AG-1 in there. And it's a usually a strawberry smoothie. Sometimes I put mangoes in it, but with the AG-1, like I said, it's a mild tropical taste. So it tastes delicious. It goes down real smooth, and it doesn't give you, like, any after effects. It gives you, like, like, energy, as I said. It's, like feel like much better after I take an AG1. It's like the way to start out the morning. I think that's how you wash down your strawberry Pop-Tarts, right? Hey Amen. Nowadays, I have to. It's, it's what this stuff is. It is with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics for that gut health, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. A special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. As a 43-year-old, I need that. All the things that are good for your body. Right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop, one scoop of water every day, either 8 to 12 ounces. I like 10 because it's a perfect mixture. That's it. No need for a million different pills, no supplements to look out of your, look out for your health. Right now, to make it easy, AG1 is giving you a free year's supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash chgo socks. Again, athleticgreens.com slash chgo socks to take ownership of your own health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. Sorry about that. Now I don't know where I'm going from this. Uh, let's see. It's confusing. This Sean makes this shit like real easy. Wayne, Wayne has a good Pop Tart comment Pop Pop-Tart, Tarts needs to come out with a bourbon flavor. I'm only drunk in the morning, Wayne.
1: Well, I don't know if you need, would be putting alcohol in the pop tarts. I think just the flavor of it.
0: I'm not a brown liquor kind of guy.
1: My fiance loves bourbon. She would eat those pop tarts. I need a, like a I need like a piña colada pop tart, like a mai tai pop tart. Now we're to them we're talking, then we're talking.
0: You um, drink
2: it out of a coconut, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You are talking about piña colada and a coconut. I still need to go to that place you're talking about. It sounds like a a deal. Sounds delicious. <laughs> I need that a hundred percent. So, the White Sox have an off day tomorrow. They'll do nothing and chill out, and then they'll host the L.A. Dodgers Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. What are you looking for for the White Sox to do with this weak team, as Sean Anderson calls them? They don't have any of their top pitchers going. You're missing Clayton Kershaw. You're missing uh, Tight Pants McGee. I forgot his name already. (laughs) It's it's a it's I'm I'm out of energy. I should have taken my AG one right now. I'm too hyped up about the uh, the win and Walker be, Bueller. Sorry.
1: Between between all the Pop Tart talk and you, you know, making an enemy of Tim Anderson, you're you've you've really been flummoxed by oh, this whole I, experience. I, I want
0: Tim Anderson to watch this because we know that Tim Anderson takes slights, any type of slight. I want to put it out there, Tim. You're not the best hitter on the White Sox at all. In That's fact, wrong. probably like the fourth best hitter. Not even no, good at no, all. No, now it's fake. Now it's, now it's, now it's manufactured. <laughs> but, yes, they're going against the Dodgers. They're not facing Walker Buehler. They're not facing uh, Clayton Kershaw. What do you see the White Sox doing when they come back home? Will this two out of three versus the Tampa Bay Rays propel them to play better baseball, not even the result of beating the Dodgers? Do you think they can just play better baseball from here on out?
1: It's momentum. You know, it's mo- momentum is always a good thing, and they do say in baseball that, you know, Momentum goes by the boards pretty quick, you know, depending on who you're going to be facing on the mound. But uh, the, this White Sox team could use some momentum. They they have been without it for a while now. And uh, you know what did we see earlier in the season when they won when they won those six games in a row? They were propelled by uh, a, a loss. Uh, you know what I mean? A, a, yeah. lo- a game that they eventually lost, but uh, a, an inning in which they fe- felt like themselves. That ninth inning comeback, uh, near comeback, I should say, against the Angels. Um, so it it only takes you know a little bit to to get you going again. Berger hits the home run yesterday. They have the big first few innings today, and then they win today's game on top of it. So they get the the happy flight, if you will. You gotta you you gotta like their chances. Uh, you know, kind of as as much as you could have coming out of this road trip. Uh, certainly at the start of today. So uh, they've got to – they. They've got a tough test. The Dodgers are a fantastic baseball they team. Pretty good um, good. That's going to be – it's going to be hard for the White Sox to do, but the White Sox got good pitchers. and think Kopech and Cease are both going in this, in this series against L.A., and they've got guys who are capable of hitting the way they did today. They've just got to keep it going. They've got to find more innings like they had today, multiple innings each game because without that – they're back to that three-point-whatever runs a game, and that's not going to cut it, be it against the Dodgers or be it against the Royals. So, uh, you know, you've, this has been a good weekend for them the last two days to, to get them into this Dodgers series.
0: Now they got to keep doing it. And we see a super chat from Stupid Donkey. Boo-boo-boo, $5. <laughs> a little up, Steven. Sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Uh, been busy, so how did our playing-like-crap White Sox win a series? Didn't play like crap for the most part. This series, <laughs> clutch I mean, hitting—they got clutch hitting. Exactly. So you know, winning, getting off to a six-nothing lead helps you out to win six to five, especially when the other team scores only five runs. That's how you win baseball games: score more runs than the other team does. I should be a manager. Uh Herbie Larusa. <laughs> That would be really bad. I would not like that. N- neither would you guys. None of you guys would like that. I would be just be erratic, just moving people every day. <laughs> A lot of punitive moves. Like somebody makes an error, I just pull them out in the middle of the game. Send them
1: to triple A. Exactly. Like get the hell
0: out, of and the rest of the people are like what the hell is this guy? No I'm stealing up twelve runs. Too, Never, no doubt. Oh my. Oh, you, you better believe I'm stealing. Guys up 12 are getting runs. injured. No bunting, <laughs> finding people once they they sacrifice bunt. If you bunt for a hit, go ahead, do your thing. But you sacrifice bunt, you're out of the game. Herbie LaRusso would be a terrible, not a Hall of Fame <laughs> baseball person at all. Fired probably in the first day. So, yes, the White Sox will be taking on the L.A. Dodgers this week. Here at Guaranteed Rape Field, are you excited to get back to the ballpark? Because it's been about a week uh, for you. Been a been, bit. Been being a here, bit. you had to hang out with me and such. The Swamp Angel left us. He's he's a jerk up there in uh, Lake Geneva having a Jose Abreu haters club meeting. Is it good to be at the ballpark? It's going to be a fantastic day, a fantastic week. It looks like in the 70s each of those days. Except for Monday, which is going to rain hard, so we don't even have to worry about that because the White Sox has an off day that day. Earlier this
1: week, you and I were part of the, uh, the CHGO podcast, and we talked about summer in Chicago, summer activities in Chicago. The one that didn't come up, and I understand it, uh, you know, uh, was baseball. Baseball. I was going to the baseball game. And, you know, I get it. We talk about baseball all the time. We were trying to talk about some other stuff, but, you know. Nothing happens, nothing Nothing says summer in Chicago like being at the ballpark, whether you're on the north side or the south side. Obviously, everyone watching this show probably prefers one of those over the other. But just being in Chicago at the ballpark, that is summer to me. We're going to get some high temperatures, good team coming to town, some eyes will be on the White Sox and the Dodgers. Uh, that, to me, is, is, is summer, and I'm happy to welcome it. I, I told you, I said on the pregame show, I had the – I had the freeze. I went to the freeze the other day in Logan Square. Mm-hmm. That's some summer right there standing in line for ice cream. Had some cocktails on, on the patio. That's summer in Chicago right there. That was last night. Tuesday,
0: going to the ballpark. That's summer in Chicago right there. So, yes, very exciting. Tom Jankowski asked, if I was still the GM, what would I do now? Uh, probably, I said the other day, and I'll still stick by it, the White Sox are going to win this division. They just need to play like they knew they have. When they're back in the baseball card, look at that. That's how they play today. Winning yesterday was good, even though we only scored three runs. I wouldn't do much now. I know people want to DFA Josh Harrison and DFA that guy and send Yasmani somewhere else. You don't think that you think Yasmani is this bad? That's why I said the other day he's not this bad. Neither is Yoan Moncada. Now they can get some improvements. Being a better second baseman, I would go with Danny Mendick. But also, I've always said, you know, sunlight, you get exposed. If he gets more time to play, is he this? I don't think he's this. Maybe a little bit worse than this, which is better than the two options that they've had so far in Lurie Garcia and Josh Harrison. Complete game-wise, those two, I think, can play a little bit better defense than, than what uh, Danny Mendick gives you. But with the bat... If you have Mendick at the bottom of the order turning that lineup around, that can contribute to some better uh, bats, that can contribute to some more hits and runs. So, yes, I would just have him inst- installed into the lineup a little bit more. But I'm the GM, and so you're saying I'm Rick Hahn. I have no swing in that. That's all Tony Arusa. All I can say is, hey, Tony, maybe you should play Danny Mendick a little bit more. And he did today. He put him up on top of the lineup. Danny Mendick comes through with the, the run in the first inning, the hit. So, yes, that's what I would do. Vinny, you want to take a crack at this? Well, I'll just say this: it's a it's a it's a long season, as we so often remind folks. And
1: Danny Mendick doesn't have to be the starting second baseman from here till the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's just the starting second baseman for a few weeks or a month, and that's as much as he can give you in terms of the consistent daily production, you know, side of things. And that's fine. The White Sox need that production; they need those numbers. They'll take it from Danny Mendick, even if it's only for a few weeks. So. It's about riding the hot bat. Go ahead and put him in there while he's swinging a hot bat. If he stops, then you can. Then you might have to go back to the drawing board. But right now, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do what uh, what makes you the
0: most successful. Goddamn, Connor Smith, four ninety nine super chat. I'm not goddamn in that. Thank you. He's like this is five dollars. I wish I'd spent on a Wilson Batemie coloring book at the at Grandstand. Wilson Batemie, man. Oh, there's a story behind this. Oh, I mean, I, mean, I mean, mean, it's
1: not much of a story. It's all in there. But do you know it yeah, I was oh, there. Oh, please yeah. tell it. So we we went to a Sox game and I uh, must have Bettermitt played for the Sox in so oh nine, so that must have been oh nine or or twenty ten the year after. Uh and uh you know, you've been to Grandstand. Yes, I have. You've been to Grandstand on 35th Street. An awful lot of uh, miscellaneous uh, <laughs> products in there. And uh, among the miscellaneous products that we were able to locate that day was uh, a coloring book of the White Sox. And we're flipping through it, and there is an entire page dedicated to Wilson Betemit. So uh, probably the most random player <laughs> to ever be featured in a coloring book, but there you go. There you go. That's
0: my dedicated. So a, a, a tremendous
1: pa- reference there by uh, by Connor.
0: A full page.
1: Full page. I mean, someone should have taken that home. You could color in whatever jersey he happened to be wearing that day. Uh, who knows what it was by the time uh, we stumbled upon that. It probably wasn't a White Sox one anymore. But, uh, yeah, there you go. You could you could color all you want. We put, you could put Wilson Bedemite in the old 70s red uh, uniforms, if, you, if to your heart's content.
0: It hasn't worked out too tough for White Sox getting former Royals. I mean, all. I mean, maybe I'm missing somebody. Artie Tian was bad. Wilson meet. the big tall guy. Is uh, it Andy Sisko? Yeah, Andy Sisko. What about Mike McDougal? Mike McDougal wasn't yeah. that great. I mean, let's stop doing that. <laughs> let's stop doing the Royal thing. I mean, even if, like and answering stupid donkey's question. Even we got another. They, that's another super stupid chat. Donkey, Another $10. siren is necessary. <laughs> What second baseman are going to be available at the trade market? Another person, uh, Whit Merrifield, who plays second and right field, do not get him. He's a thousand, and you know when he comes here, he's going to be bad, as Cesar Hernandez was of uh, last year. Guess who's available again? Caesar Hernandez is on the Nationals. They're not playing well. I'm sure they would love to <laughs> trade Goran? Cesar Hernandez. Another Carl Everett, uh, Carl Everett style we, uh, twofer. There, we can give the. Oh, yeah, Greg Miller says Joachim Soria. He was terrible here. Just not good. Um, well, the here's other, the thing about – The other reliever, I uh, think uh, was really good. Uh, I can't think of his oh, name. Oh, Kelvin Herrera. Kelvin Herrera yeah. wasn't good as a yeah. White Sox. So, yes, at 10, we have no second baseman available really on the trade market right now off the top of my head. Why, donkey. I, I mean, why are you – I mean,
1: you're, you're right. It's hard to figure this out at this point in the year. But, uh, but Witt Merrifield is very good. Yes. He's going to cost you an arm and a leg because he plays for a division rival. Uh, but that being said, I think the greatest – Marketing opportunity that you could possibly hope for if you were the White Sox, because all of a sudden you just lop that e off and you're the Chicago Whit Sox. <laughs> I mean, I think is, Brooks has already thought about that. I'm sure he wrote that up years ago. And every every so often, you maybe calls Rick up and he's like, "Hey, Rick, any uh, anything any movement on the Whit Merrifield front? Because <laughs> we got this campaign ready to go." <laughs> Did he listen to you about the goose? About the did Brooks listen to me yeah. about the goose? No, the goose is gone. So apparently not. God, if that thing would have shot beer out of its mouth, it'd still be here today. I'll tell you that much.
0: Yeah, it would have been the very very unique thing. And Adam Fraser is up in Seattle. No, I don't think that's going to happen. And he's not going to get traded for uh, for Mr. Vaughn, who I famously said, "Oh yeah, trade him away to get Adam Fraser." Last year, what an idiot! Oh, I wouldn't trade him for most players in the league right now. I think you wouldn't would
1: trade have... him for Tim Anderson. Apparently.
0: Uh, I mean, age-wise, no. I wouldn't trade him for Tim Anderson. No, no. The man's 24, and he's got much more growing to do. Yeah, I would not trade him at all. Let's look at the Dodgers' probable pitchers and the White Sox' probable pitchers for Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. And Thursday's game, we got Mitch White. I don't know who this guy is. That's has a, a fake name. He has a four seventy nine ERA. He'll be pitching for the Dodgers. Versus our guy, Michael Kopech. I like our guy much more. A one Mitch two. White. That is a like a, an MVP baseball creative player <laughs> name right there. John O'Dowd, <laughs> and then uh, Tony Gosselin, who's doing well. Six and zero with a one five nine ERA. It will be. Toe in the rubber on Wednesday night for the Dodgers, And Johnny Cueto going for the White Sox, 0 2 with a 2.92 ERA. pitched six innings in all four of his starts, at least six innings in all four of his starts, and has given the White Sox a chance to win all four of those games. Tyler Anderson, 7 0 with a 2.59 ERA versus Dylan Cease, 4 2 9 I mean, Is it like every single time? I've never literally heard of Mitch White. He's not great. No, I mean this one. I mean Tyler Anderson versus Dylan. Exactly.
1: I I, don't know who Mitch White is. I think they called him up from the Savannah Bananas or something.
0: Yeah, I don't know who Tyler Anderson is. Maybe I should know him. But, like, it seems like every time I look up, the Dodgers are getting some prospect that you never heard of, and they're doing well in the major leagues. Like, that's just the pitchers the hitters are going to be really tough. If the White Sox can find a way to compete in these three games versus the Dodgers, that'll be a a good thing to see versus them because they play in the toughest division in baseball right now in the NL West, where most of the teams are over 500 and they're just the Dodgers. Like, I don't know how the White Sox are going to get out of this series Without getting um, just getting one win. The Mitch White one is the, probably the best one because we have Michael Kopeck going on the other side. What do you see about this series versus the Dodgers, even though Sean White Sean White, Sean Anderson thinks they're weak. <laughs> the flying tomato? Yes, the flying tomato.
1: (laughs) It's the flying tomato versus the swamp angel, and now (laughs)
0: we've completely gone
1: off the rails. But uh, no, as I mentioned earlier, I mean the Dodgers are the Dodgers for a reason, right? They have this unending stream of players that they can plug in at any turn, and they always get the job done. Mm -hmm. You know, they every one of them can play six different positions on the position player side. When the pitchers come up, it doesn't matter which Cy Young candidate just got hurt for the Dodgers. They bring somebody up, and they got another person who's going to go ahead and. And, and get the job done. I mean, look at the guy that they signed to the massive contract hasn't pitched basically at all for them, and they're still a World Series favorite. You know, I mean, seriously, it's it's a it's a it's an incredibly run organization from a talent standpoint, it's and uh, they're able to do this on not just. I mean, they're not able to do this on an annual basis. They're able to do this on a monthly basis. They're able to do this on a weekly basis. On a daily basis, this is. This is the model for every team out there, and obviously they've got the money to spend and uh, and just incredibly stacked farm system uh, that they can just keep throwing these guys at them. So uh,
0: it's it's a tremendous team, and and the White Sox are going to have their hands full, no doubt about it. I forgot about that guy you're you're mentioning. They signed a guy who got in trouble off the field, and they did not blink. At the time, <laughs> they made him the highest paid
1: pitcher by annual. Pay ever right? Yes. Before are signed with the Mets, yeah. Yes,
0: and they're like, mm, cool, fine. Yeah, we would want him to pitch for us if you know he wasn't doing stuff off the field, but you know we'll absorb that and just still keep on rolling. Four ninety nine super chat from Rusty. Mendick may not be the answer for for the season, but he is the answer for right now. As in Berger, Engel has played an outstanding in his role too. As his burger and Engel has played outstanding his role too. I was surprised that we didn't see more of Adam Engel today. He finally played yesterday after having three days off. Did play today in a like a uh, defensive replacement position. I want to see him play a little bit more because I think what he brings to the table is really good. Like his hitting, his uh, base stealing, his defense has always been spectacular. I think he should reward guys for doing well in their roles and him getting only one start in this whole time it's a little tough even though they have a glut out there in the outfield
1: yeah I mean on one hand you're right but on the other hand that's these guys doing their job these guys were meant to be role players right and and uh you know especially at an angle but you know Danny Mendick and Jake Berger when the season started were fringe that they were even going to be on the roster. Uh, And they have stepped up and helped out, and they've been that fill-in guy. I don't think anybody's expecting them to be anything more than reserves right now. And obviously Mendick's being pressed into duty because of the injury to T.A. Berger is coming through in the clutch and deserves some more at-bats, certainly. But those three guys, even if you don't see them all the time... The fact that they're producing when you see them, that's what they were supposed to do. That's what's been asked of them. And they're getting the job done. You've got guys who their their job is to go out there every day and produce every day. They're not getting the job done. Your Grandals, your Moncadas right now. Um, the more people that can do their job on this team, the better off they're going to be. Applaud Angle, applaud Berger, applaud Mendick for doing their job
0: and, and, and let the other guys uh, kind of come around here. And if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us out is continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets for up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, including Vinny Duber's great work here with the White Sox, or you can go to Adam Hoag's work with the Bears, uh, Big Dave and uh, Matt Peck and Will Gottlieb with the Bulls, all these guys there, and you know, you guys are are know that you can get a free t shirt. I don't have it on today, but you see that logo right there if you're watching on YouTube that brawler socks. That shirt I have at home, I wore it the other day. Ah, it is so beautiful. When you go out, people are going to ask you questions Where'd you get that shirt from? Man, that's so unique. Please go out and, and support CHGO by supporting Points Bet. Uh, let's see, CHGO membership unlocks the web content, and you'll even get a free t shirt from a CHGO locker room. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now from your phone, all from start to finish on your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook, easier than ever, so you can start your living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't live. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Benny, this week... The White Sox play the Dodgers, and then they play after that. Let's see. They go to the at home. They Rangers. They play at home Texas. versus the Texas Rangers. <laughs> oh, man, we forgot the Rangers. What a crime. <laughs> so we got some people coming home. You got your man Craig Kimbrough coming home for the Dodgers series. And you have just called up Steele Walker and Dane Dunning coming home for the Texas Rangers. What do you and see? Marcus Simeon, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Former White Sox <laughs> great Marcus Simeon coming back. The struggling Texas Rangers. it has got six games for those guys. I won't tell you to put out a, a, a record there. But how do you see this uh, week shaken out for the White Sox after a strong weekend in Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, as we've mentioned several times, now that Dodger series is going to be tough. I think the
1: White Sox probably be lucky to get a win out of that, you know. And certainly they're not thinking that. They're thinking about, they're thinking about three of them, of course. But uh, Texas should be an opportunity to, uh, to feast, you know, a little bit. I think, you know, Texas is, is not so great. I didn't think they were going to be all that great. And here they are not being all that great because, you know, that's the Texas Ranger way, I guess.
0: Yes, and Steel Walker, Texas Ranger, will be back with the club. Stupid Donkey, you're my mans. $20 Super Chat. If you enjoy CHGO, then tip. That's what he says. Or if you're listening or watching right now on the YouTube, just hit the like button. You, I appreciate Stupid Donkey sending some money. Guy Connor sending some money to us. Uh, so twenty twenty three sending some uh, Super Chat money to us. Rusted sending money to us. Appreciate that all. You guys don't need to send money to us. Support us by going to allchgo.com and getting a membership or go to PointsBet and putting down a $50 or more first-time deposit. You could do that or just sit back, relax, and enjoy our content we have for you here. We would love for you to support us monetarily, but if you just want to watch us, I'm fine with that, too. I'm sure our boss is like, no, <laughs> yeah.
1: no. are like, Herb, Herb. No, no,
0: no, no, no. no. Uh, Herb, you gotta, Herb, you got to bring up the uh, tailgate, too. Yes, we do. Yeah. Oh, yes. If you guys want to talk to me live and in person, I don't know. Who wouldn't? Vinny <laughs> Duber, even more. Or Swamp, Swamp Angel, Sean Anderson. June 22nd is your chance you can come up to us say whatever you want to us don't say mean things though you know because I'm kind of sensitive 11:30 in the morning May, maybe let maybe let Sean know what you think of the Fleetwood Mac album tusk oh yes yeah, please let me know, know what it. he know we know what he thinks maybe you guys should share your opinion Sean's fronting about that he hasn't heard that album I literally listened to that album going back home because he suggested it trash. It is the worst album I've heard in a long time, and they spent a bunch of money on that. Well, firstly, I gotta put a disclaimer. I don't like Fleetwood Mac too much. Mostly, it's because my fiance loves it, and she keeps on saying that it's were one of the great bands. And I don't like Stevie Nicks. Blah blah blah. It's too that's, much.
1: That's you're swinging too far in the other direction. Yeah, we but, got guys. I am the I am the Goldilocks of Fleetwood Mac. I think they're
0: good tusk is not a good album <laughs> just go. right so come out and say to us what you want say sean tusk sucks and you should have picked rumors it's much better. of course better you should have picked rumors it's the official Chgo tailgate june 22nd It is a thursday afternoon game uh, wednesday damn it it's a wednesday afternoon game i'm wrong <laughs> it's on june 22nd you got that one it's just right. confirmed me. it is wednesday Go to allchgo.com right now. You can get all the information on how you buy the ticket, and then you can join us for the tailgate, and then we have a game ticket for you. You should enjoy the White Sox beating up Connor uh, Pearson Wards uh, uh, KPW's Blue Jays. So come out, $25, see me, see Vinny, have some beers, maybe have some sausages, and then go and see the White Sox win that game. By that time, uh, hopefully, the White Sox will be over five hundred. Right now, they are twenty five and twenty seven. Oh my goodness! And right before we leave, we saw that Aloy left the game. And I know you probably don't have the info because you're not you weren't at the game. But anything to worry about leaving the game? He played the outfield after five innings. They took him out of the game. I read it as nothing really to be worried about. He was just getting some rest. Did you read it as anything else down there in Charlotte? Without hearing any details, I mean I just know that
1: today was the first day he's played the outfield, I believe, in a rehab game. He was just DHing prior to that. So that's what I'm thinking about right now, but we'll get some we'll get some uh, definite
0: updates uh, when we return to the South Side uh, later this week. And Vinny will be there on Tuesday, probably uh, the state of the state from Rick Hahn, usually after a road trip back coming home. He usually gives you a state of the state, so I'm sure Rick feels a little bit better after winning two out of three in Tampa, like I do. So for Vinny Duber, you can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He is our CHGO White Sox beat reporter. That guy over there that you can't see, his name is Steven Nicholas. He is our producer, usually, every day. He's going to abandon us tomorrow because he doesn't love us. Uh, my name is Herb Lawrence. Wall 23 is the way you can follow me on Twitter. So thank you for joining us on this episode of CHGO White Sox postgame after a 6-5 victory over the Tampa Bay Rays. We'll see you tomorrow for our mailbag show and people in the Discord. If you're a member and you're in the Discord, send us questions. We'll answer your questions in the show tomorrow, which starts at 1230. See you, t- see you then.